It's podcast time and I've got questions and I'm talking to my brain mate, uh, Catherine Burkett. Kia ora, Catherine. We're back. We're back. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I have got questions. And one of the questions I'm going to put to you, and um, I'm, I'm just going to surprise you with this question because I'm an impact player, remember? <laughs> gangs, gangs, um, Hell's Angels, KKK, Stormtroopers. I, I actually, I'm not even sure. Yeah, they are. They're still around. Why do people join gangs? I sort of know the answer to this, but I know that your answer will have some depth to it. What's your answer? Fenangatanga, a hunger for. Um, for, for belonging to something bigger than oneself, well, that was quite good. Eh? Uh, yeah, that, yeah, that's my basic answer. Um, you know, people feel they don't belong to anything, so gangs uh, provide that. Very often they do. Yeah. And so when we say to someone, "Don't join a gang," yep. The better question is, <laughs> what are you missing? What haven't I provided for you? And and by the way, I'm not saying people have failed their children if they join gangs, but what has the community not provided for you? And and if we start to understand the different things that our brain needs at different stages, we start to realise why, especially in early adolescence, and especially for our young males, and it's not all because it's, 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 yep. that's a generalised space, yep. um, but for our young males, joining a gang gives them the things that they really need. Yeah. And And if we are not creating spaces in our communities for them to... And one of the biggest things is 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 connection. But the second biggest thing is status. And and if you lived in a village, if you just hung around in a village, and a and a boy hit puberty, so he hits those early adolescence years. And and for, in New Zealand, we sort of averageish, really averageish, around fourteenish for our boys is yep. when they're hitting that stage. And you would have seen them go up to some younger kids in the village, and they would have pushed them around. Right. They would have gone, "I'm bigger than you. I'm tougher than you." Yeah. But what you would also see is they go to someone a bit bigger than them or a lot bigger if they've got a bigger ego, but someone a bit bigger than them, and they would try and push them around. Right. And it wouldn't work. And you see what they're saying, they go, this is where I fit. In this. that in that space between? Yeah. Oh, okay. And this is how big I am, and this is where I am, and this is my, 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 my status. Yeah. And we need to know that as boys, we need to know where we are, how we are. And that's why if you're a sports coach, you will notice that around that age, you cannot play games without scores. Even if you don't score it, the kids will know who won, who was the best, who kicked the furthest, who got the best um, dunk. Everything is about, I am better than you. Yeah. I am better than you. And it's what they need, and they need this feeling of status. And we take a lot of that away, first of all, by putting our boys and girls into intermediate schools or schools where all of them are the same age, and they don't have anyone to compare against. So they're all trying to status against each other when they're all trying to status against each other, and one that's of, not healthy. One of my boys hated intermediate school because he really didn't know where he was to mm. a degree. And um, and then with the others, they went from a primary school to to a college situation, but, you know, in the in the lower part of the college. So they stayed there. One of, one of my sons didn't like change. So he went from primary into um, into a school. I'm trying to work out the years. Uh, year eight? Yeah, seven what? and eight, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Seven and eight. So he went to seven and eight. But he stayed in seven and eight until he was 18 and left in the seven form. Yeah, and stayed in that same space. But he would have had bigger kids that he could have watched and gone, oh, they're bigger than me. Yep. But it's that little kids as well that we need around us. And so what we see is we need to give our kids opportunities to have status. 
Yeah. And in a lot of our spaces, we're so controlled. Everything's controlled. Everything's dictated. They don't get their control. And so you can imagine if you if you feel really connected to your space, you've got a chance to control things. So it's just little things. Like I give my kids spaces at, at home to have some mana, to have some decisions around things. Yes, actually, if you want to change some things, I should listen to you. Actually, you had a really good point. Right. I will listen to that. But actually, how many times do our kids do that? And so if they've got that basis and someone walks up to them and says, hey, come into my gang, yep. I will make you feel good. And they do the whole, you know, oh, you're amazing, mate. And and if you do this, really predictable, then you will get to the next level. Do you see all of these things, if they come up to our young boys and our boys go, actually, that sounds safe. And I know that's a strange word to use about gangs, but... I get that you'll be connected, and they tell them, they connect with them, and there's that real, you know, fucker for no one hey, we, we, we want you here. Second, you are going to be this person, and you are down the bottom when you start. Mm. And that's okay, because our boys then go, oh, but I can get up. I can get up, and I know what I have to do to get up. And there's all of those um, predictabilities in that space, so they know what they need to do. They know the rules. They know the regulations. They've got a roadmap, eh? Hey, And yeah. that feels really good, and it feels I can see where I'm going, because it's quite hard for our kids to have futuristic abilities until they're really, and I'm going to say 15-ish, 16-ish, 17-ish. Yep. So they've got their roadmap. And, I, and it just, if you someone comes up to you and offers you that, yes, and you don't have that yeah. for whatever reason, and there's no judgment in that space, but can you see it is quite attractive? Yeah. And I go back to the point that you made, and it won't be word for word, obviously, um, but you know what didn't we give you in this space for you to want to go to that space, eh? Which brings up a point. I spend a lot of time in small rural areas all around, down the coast, Gisborne, South Island, up north and stuff, and I see these young fellas and they're all hunters and they're all farmers and they, and they belong to a gang and they belong to that community gang. There's no patches uh, unless you've got a hunting and fishing shirt on, you know, but they... <laughs> You know, it, it sort of feels like some of those rural communities. When you talk about gangs, it's kids that are coming from um, urban communities back into the countryside. It sort of doesn't go the other way as much. Is that because they have a sense of belonging and status and and those things that you're talking about? Highly likely. And remember, we're all different and so yep. there's so many variables, but highly likely. Yeah. And if you feel your place and you feel that, and, and, and the word gang is a group of people who are together, you know, like in those sorts of things, we use it for a certain um, terminology, but you're right. Um, when we're on the farm and we're out there and we're allowed to um, go hunting, if that's your thing, or I mean, rugby, Yes, <laughs> it's, you know, your league boys, it's a, it's a group of people together who know the rules, who know their status, who are connected and they create that environment. That's, that feels good. And if you don't have those opportunities to belong and to feel that connection and to feel that status and have that predictability, yeah, you'll search for it somewhere else if someone comes and gives it to you. Yeah, yeah. We have to always, always, always remember that some um, of our pepe are born with with a huge extended desires, maybe in the need for control, maybe in the need for attention. You know, you and I always talk about the fact that we're attention seekers. That makes Who is? Us good. Who is? <laughs> it's my turn to speak, okay? It's my turn to speak. <laughs> yeah, we are. We are. And we know. And that's a good thing when you've got that nice basis. But some of our kids, even if you give them lots, it's still potentially not enough, do you know? And I need people to understand that because there'll be a lot of whānau out there saying, but we've done this. Well, yeah. actually... Some of our kids really, really, really need this the stuff. The appetite yeah, is, is bigger. Yeah, is huge. Yeah. And, and so 
you might have done all you could, but it still might not have been enough. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. But then there's also the spaces where it just didn't happen because our parents were busy. And and that's why if we grew up in a whānau where we've got lots of extended, um, you know, those ages around us, the younger and the older, that's hopefully going to mitigate these things and, and stop them happening so much because we've got the connections around us. You know, sometimes... Um you know, when I look at some of our Māori whānau and our younger kids, I just have this impression, and I could be completely wrong. I have in the past. Uh, they just want to grow up really fast. You know, where I see some other kids who are just quite happy to be, you know, kids at 16 or 17, but with some of um, our Māori kids, and I'm being careful here with some of them, they want to grow up fast. They want to drive a truck when they're 11. They want, you know, they're... You know, they're even getting into relationships. It seems to be younger than some of their peers. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I've observed that, but I yeah. mean, you have, so that's yeah. it. And I was just thinking that it came to my head that song when we we want to be younger when we're older, and we want to be older when we're younger, uh, and it's all and, and it's a song out. I don't know good. the song. It sounds <laughs> it sounds like one of those country songs from Goa. I want to be younger. <laughs> um, but but absolutely right. We want to grow up too fast, don't we? When we see our kids. But, but again, that's about creating this beautiful, fun time of being young. And I I, I mean, I love seeing my 17-year-old and some of this. She just showed me a video of when they, she had her friends around the other day. And I was watching, I was going, and, and I'll, I'll use the word respectfully, but it was really immature behaviour. I love it. And I loved it. And yeah. I was like, you can still be so stupid and, and young and... I've built a career on being immature. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I loved the fact that they could still be in that space, but also they, you know, they're, they're growing up. But yeah, I, I have always tried to allow my children to still be yeah. young and stuff like that. But you're right. But then again, what's happened? Why why do they want to grow up? But then we all want to be older. But then you look at social media and the way people dress and the way people are portrayed. Um, you know, uh, the kids want to be older because they want to be dressing like that or being like that. And actually, let's just play. Let's yeah, just, yeah. Let's just allow. Mind them to you, be. this does segue into my next question. I, I, I like this. Um, <laughs> I have some friends who live in New Zealand, and they sent uh, one of their children to a different school and sort of got them out of the area that we're in because they noticed their child was being quite heavily influenced by role models that are thinking, whoa, this is cool, that fellow's driving a 30 grand Harley, you know, and uh, he doesn't sort of have to work every day and all the rest of it, you know, so our kids are seeing this stuff and thinking, man, this is cool. There's there's a glamour factor to it. We're talking gangs. Mm. And and this is where conversation and time and being with our kids, so, so that's going to happen. I mean, you, you see them go past and they go, wow, and then and you're sitting at the dinner table, you're sitting around or you're driving somewhere and you have a conversation and you go, so what do you think, how do you think he got the money to do that? And, yeah. and, you know, and, you, and you sit and you wait and you let your kids think. And where do you give them some alternative thought processes around that? And do you think maybe that's something you'd want to do or what do you think would be the negative things about that? And then, oh, actually, would I have to do things like that? And was that how it would be? And unless we unpack... yeah. The other narratives, so yeah. so so we get them to really think about it. It looks cool being on that Harley, yeah. And and our kids are not going to go, oh, but gosh, what's another option? You know, they're not. That's no. not the way their brains work. They go, oh, cool Harley, I want to be in the gang. And we sit, and we go, so what else about that? And we create the alternative narrative. We ask them to start thinking other things, or we or we go, what's another option? Or what would you like to do? Gosh, that's going to be a lot of work. But do you think in the long run? That would be it. I mean, I mean, having a conversation with a young man, and he was going to be on the DPB, and 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 I said, mm, actually, logistically, and he goes, oh, okay, unemployment benefit it was a long time ago, 
and we worked through all the logistics and he hadn't even thought about how much money he'd make on it and he hadn't thought that he wouldn't get his hold in and he wouldn't get his nice house and until I had that conversation he hadn't even thought about the alternatives mm. and he did think about it and he suddenly had that conversation with me and it highlighted some new thoughts for him so I where are our conversations with our kids? We put them on those little devices, leave them over there, and those devices are not challenging anything that they're thinking. Yeah, kia ora. You, you know, conversation. You know, I'm sitting here with this huge grin on my face, eh, because we're <laughs> yeah. at the parenting place recording this thing, and you're just talking about sitting down, turning their switches on, talking about alternative ways of doing things, pulling that picture, that glamour, they perceive as a glamour picture apart, and that's all about parenting. Or... Just getting alongside a kid and, 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 you know, making them think that way, giving them alternatives, eh? We've got to do that stuff, man. And it's time, and, and, and we talked in the other session But I'm so busy. busy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't talk to you, kid. Yeah, yeah, and, oh, just a minute, but I'm driving. So so why can't you, if you've got to go grab someone from the airport, chuck the kid in the car? Yeah. And by the way, gorgeous Celia Lashley, God rest her soul, she's, you know, she would talk about, don't say anything, mum, say nothing. Yeah. And let either, you know, them talk or not talk, whatever it is. But we do need to create spaces and be, because we can't just say to our kids, what are you thinking? You know, tell me what you want to be. Oh, yeah. okay, we'll finish conversation. No, we I'll tell to... you what you want to be, mate. You want to be a teacher, <laughs> a lawyer, or a policeman like your grandfather. Yeah, and have you ever asked them what they think? I mean, I, we, there was this thing that happened at school, and Mason was, um, my son was selected to go um, on it, and, and I was like, oh, that's so amazing, so cool. And, like, for weeks, it's like, oh, I can't wait till it started. And then it started, and he didn't, he, you know, there's a few things happened, and he ended up saying, I don't, want, I don't want to go. I'm like, but it's so exciting, but you're so lucky. And he goes... But it's not what I want to do, Mum. <laughs> and I had not stopped. I've done that. And asked him yep. if he wanted to. I wanted him to. Yeah. <laughs> I would have loved it. Yeah. But not him. And I was like, crikey, I forgot to stop and listen. Yeah. And 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 we do. We don't stop and listen. And so having those conversations, what do you want to be when you grow up? I don't know. Okay, we'll just think about anything you enjoy doing. Or what do you think those people walking down the street are thinking at the moment? Yeah. What are we thinking? Let's have conversations because without them, we're not letting our kids expand their thought processes. I remember the time my oldest son, my eldest son. I'm, no, no, I'm not a great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a product of the New Zealand education system. I can't talk properly. I says, mate, you should be. Because the thing is, when my parents came to Auckland, they didn't know anybody. And so they clustered together. Because it was a comfortable place. So we belonged to the marae, we belonged to the church, and we all those things. I know everybody now. And I said to my boys, mate, if you want to breed monarch butterflies, I'll know a guy who knows a guy, <laughs> or peach-faced lovebirds, or if you want to be an engineer. And it was all about me. And I said to my eldest boy, engineer, mate, that's you, that's you, that's you. And he says, what did he say to me? He says, do they have to wear a tie? I says, yeah, probably. He says, I'd rather stick toothpicks in my eyes, Dad, than wear a tie. <laughs> Now he's this sort of uh, semi, well, no, he's doing a wonderful thing, but he's doing it for himself. Hey, I've got a question for you. Enough about me. Oh, the lights came on. You can see me now. <laughs> hey, um, the warrior gene, that upset me. I think it was 2006 where somebody said that Māori had a heightened 
warrior gene, which makes us drink beer out of large bottles and uh, be unkind to people. And actually, it mentioned domestic violence. And I thought to myself, well, doesn't Sir Edmund Hillary have a warrior gene? You can't climb that hill without being a warrior or, you know, an all-black captain. So what do you think about this warrior gene and gangs? Yeah, so, and, and, I'm, and, and just please, if anybody's listening who has much more um, knowledge around the warrior gene, I'm going to be very generalistic and I'm not an expert expert in it, but right. we'll talk about it. In these a are our opinions. Yeah, Let's keep ourselves and, Don't and, sue us. Yeah, don't. Just, We're broke. Just, yeah, and, 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 <laughs> yeah, that's right. Give it a go. Give yeah. it a go. Yeah. Um, so, so what we talked about with the warrior gene is... Um, we're born with our genetics and you can't change that. But what you can change, and this is the way I talk about it, is there's the genome on the outside. And essentially how I talk about it is there's switches on that genome, so the outside of it. So you can't change your core you know, genetics, right. but you have some of the genetics can be switched on and off. Okay, influenced. Influenced. They can be influenced in utero, and we know that um, there was this incredible study done on the people in the Netherlands who were, um, during the war, they were cut off. This entire village was cut off, and they starved, 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 starved. Like, we're talking about serious starvation. And then when they came back into the population, someone cleverly thought, I'm going to look at the babies born of the woman who were starved there, because that's not something you'd go and get ethics approval for, right. right? Right. So they went, there's a situation, let's study it. And so the children born of the mothers who were starved were significantly more likely to be obese. Right. Because the message in utero in pregnancy was there's no nutrients in this world, so any nutrient you get, you store that and you keep that, which is healthy, which is which is good. Right. But then, they, of course, they were born and there was food around. The, what they did then is they looked at the next generation and those people had all the food they needed, and they were when they're pregnant, they had all the food they needed. Yet those babies were still significantly more likely to be obese. Yep. Right. Yep. So there was a switch that was sent through, and it said actually you're better to store food. That's a better survival system, right? Yes. So, so what they found with things like the warrior gene is if you are born with the switch. So not everyone has the warrior gene. Not everyone has the switch. But if you're born with that. And you are in a violent environment, the right. switch will turn on, and you will be more likely to be violent. You'll be almost guaranteed to be violent. But, but can you see how that's more likely to keep you alive? You be if you're a passive person in a violent space, you're right. probably not going to survive. So it's a survival thing. So if you have the switch, the the warrior gene switch, and you're born into a violent environment, you are more likely to become violent. If you have the switch and you're born into a calm environment you're unlikely to you don't switch it on you don't become violent you're probably a little bit more you're probably going to climb mount everest right you're going to have this yes. this other thing but you're not going to be violent mm. now if you've switched that on can you see genetically you'd be significantly more likely to give that to the next generation because that's a good survival space right it's a right? gift it's a gift yeah you to to survive in a violent environment being violent is a much better idea yeah and if we see it like that. So what we need to ask ourselves is what the early environment switches it on or off. And if a baby gets the knowledge that this world is difficult, stressful. Unfair. Unfair. There's tension in the whanau. There is anger potentially, but not even anger, but just this tension and this raru raru and there's this, this stuff. It's like right? this big cloud, eh? Right, that holds, yeah? yeah. Then the baby goes, switch it on. Yeah. Switch it on. So so 
why, why do you think there's potentially in Māori environments yep. more of that cloud? Oh, I know why. Right? Yeah, and I know because you've made it so clear. Right, and so... Because if, we've, we come from a, an, an environment of... Um, you know, language suppression, and I don't want to go down that track. No, no, but, but, why, but not? That's, why yeah, not? Yeah, yeah, why not? Why not? Go yeah. down that track. Like you know, Dad couldn't get a job. I couldn't even get a. <laughs> I couldn't even get a flat with my name in Auckland here, and I ended up buying a house. I had the money to buy a house. So all those things—that's that cloud that hangs right. over you. And if you had kids at that time, do you see if you came home and you went for a flat and they said, no, you can't have it, and you walk into that house and you go, oh, you know, and Bugger baby's it, I'll there, buy it. <laughs> and baby's there, can you see there's more likely to be tension uh, than if I went to go for a flat and I get given the flat? Yeah. So, so there's less likely... Did you likelihood- get that flat? No. <laughs> no. And, and I know we're laughing and stuff, but this is such yeah, important... Yeah. yeah, no, that's me, not yeah, you. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're, no, you're, no, you're no, great. we're laughing, but I, I want people to... This is absolutely... Yeah, but it's yeah. just so important, instead of saying, look at that, you know, that, that we as, as New Zealanders, I'm going to say it, should I, why is it like that? And ask that, why... What happened to you, Pure? What happened yeah. to you? And we even talked about the fact this morning we were, you were talking about um, or men who went off to war. Yeah. Now, now, pretty much, not everybody, but if you went away to war and you came back, you were angry. I mean, yeah. what you saw and what you did, you were angry. However, you come back and, and you were saying, and then you get seen as a second-class citizen, you're now not allowed this, you're not allowed the flat, and it wasn't the flat back then, but do you see? Yeah. I would, I would be well angry. Yeah. I would be annoyed and feeling tense, and do you see? And so, so the genetics are... If the environment suggests danger, yep. we'll switch it on, and then you'll pass it on more likely. Massive. But the reason, the, the environment is not because you're Māori. It's because the the oppression and the colonisation and the expectations. And and even, and, and I, I think you pick up the newspaper every day and you read that, and I know that, that we talked about the stuff, um, um, apology, but you read statistics. or And I certainly know it's different. I used to go to a lot of, I still go to a lot of conferences, but I remember 10 years ago going to conferences and almost every talk would somehow bring up statistics around Māori. Yeah. Right? And, and I very rarely hear that now. Which I love because every time you put that statistic out, and I know it's not the same, but I, I I understood the feeling of it a little bit when, as a single mum, I was listening and someone said single mums are more likely to have children who are going to underperform. Yeah. And I felt myself go, "What? How dare you? Yeah. How dare you tell me yeah, that I'm a come high risk person? Come closer. I'm going to put a stamp <laughs> on your forehead. Right. And loser." <laughs> And I and I have had my entire life of being in a privileged situation. I yeah. got the flat. I didn't have to. I do, I know yeah. that. And then at an older age, I went, "Oh, just a minute! You've put me in a high risk category. How dare you? How yeah. dare you do that?" And and I still don't understand, but I empathise and I try and understand. Imagine that is what you felt right from the beginning. Do you think for generations? Wor- do you think you worry your genes going to turn on? Yeah, yeah. So, and that's on the community. Not saying genetically, because if we change the environment, the genetics will change. Do you see? Yes. Well, they won't click in. Yeah, it won't it's click like on. a turbocharge that's and not then needed. And you're less likely to pass it on to the next generation. Gotcha. And even if you Beautiful. live in violence, if you don't have that warrior gene in that space, you, you're not going to become violent, even in violence, which is actually not a good, you know, survival system. But that's why sometimes we say, "Oh my god, those kids were all brought up in the same environment." 
why is that one, you know, like that yeah. one's different. Well, actually, can you see how our genetics can really influence our weight? And this is another thing I think people wow. get all up again about their weight. And actually, you can go to the gym as much as you want. Yeah. But And I'm not saying obese, but more likely to. But you have to work significantly harder to keep that weight down because of your genetics than I do to keep my weight down, right? Mm. I have massive admiration for people who are genetically more likely to be overweight and have worked to get, you know, into an average weight. And by the way, it's not even thin. It's it's just an okay weight. But let's start looking at genetics and the environment that influences and what we've been been given. That's such a beautiful piece. Tēnā koe more in our corridor. That's really valuable. I went to see my old uncle. He's 85, up in a place called Panguru in Hokianga. That's where Dame Finna started. Um, that's where she's from and did the big walk, you know. And I'm in his house, and it was just me. And because I don't visit him, oh, for lots of reasons, he stood up and mihied me. He stood up just by himself, and he, you know, he gave me the, the full-on mihi, and it was really beautiful. And all around his, uh, we call it a sitting room, okay, it's very British, okay, as opposed to the lounge. Uh, sitting room all around with these photos of his uncles, right, who died in the war. And what he did was he says, oh, you know, I remember these fellas pure when I was a little fella. And, oh, the knowledge, eh, the knowledge and the kindness. They were beautiful men to me, you know, pure. And they were men of religion and faith. And, and then I realised, oh, that's right, they just got wiped out. All these old guys that would have come back, and some of them did come back, to reinvest their knowledge, their mana, their beauty, their their whatever, matauranga as we call it, they didn't come back fighting for, uh, you know, for, 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 well, for this country, okay, but also not getting very well treated when they got back. So if you were a Māori, you didn't get the benefits of a Pākehā soldier that returned. Now, a lot of uh, people don't know this because we don't know the history of our country, uh, but that'll change. But the reason why some of our whānau or some people, not just Māori, lack direction is because those old people aren't there anymore. Mm. And why aren't they there anymore? Mm. You know, so... So and this, even if they th- did come back, they often weren't going to sit and be and yeah. tell those stories anymore, were they? Because of the demons that you know, I mean, war is. We, we know, and so even if they did, the ones who did come back, yeah, we've lost. We're lost anyway. Well. Not yeah. all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've, yeah, yeah. yeah. So hundred percent. Yeah. We're talking gangs. We're talking knowing your place within the structure, um, and how important that is, especially for young men. Why young yeah. men so much? Do you think? Well, and, and again, generalising, some young women absolutely need to and some young men don't mind. But but if we look at actually the generalisingly jobs of um, our males and females, and males protect the village. Males are the ones yep. that hunt. Males are the ones. So to be strong, to be faster um, is actually important because if you're not strong and fast and stuff like that, then you're not going to be able to protect the village, right? right. So you have to prove that. Whereas as women, we don't have to prove that. Yep. Um, it's not so important to us. Um, it is more likely for females to um, connect and, and, and form that clique of girls, which is why we form that clique of girls, because our job is to protect the little babies and to stay together. And so we work together as a team of females to to get babies sorted until they're two or three years old. And then the men start teaching them to, you know, do everything else. So, yeah. so that status thing, that proving how fast, how strong, how big you are, is more important for males. And, and there's always and there's I know some people will be saying there's no difference but genetically we can look at the the brains and stuff but there's the genetics and then there is the environment because what do you say to a little boy compared to what you say to a little girl yeah 
If you are, and, and people think they're not um, gender biased, but most of us are. Yeah. Oh, you're so strong. Oh, gosh, oh. you can run fast and stuff like that. And for the girls, oh, how cute you are. Oh, good. That's, you know, like, and, and we do, it'd be interesting for you to just sit back and observe sometimes in your environments and watch how people talk to males and females. So there is the genetics and there is the environment, yeah. and they both influence who we become. Um, but there is a genetic desire for males to be stronger, faster, bigger, you know, tougher, all those sorts of things, because it's about protection, physical protection of the village, of the marae. And that's that's why it is more important in our boys' genetics to prove yourself over and above, which is why we had rites of passage. Right. Which we don't through have every anymore. culture, through every culture. Well, except, except, this, yeah, yeah, <laughs> except what? <laughs> we don't have them now. Yeah, yeah. In our, yeah. In our Pākehā culture, what is rites of passage? Yard glass when you're 21, mate. Get drunk, fall over, spew. You're a man. <laughs> you're a man. God, no. we're plonkers, aren't we? Hey. Yeah. The other thing too, and this isn't but the you can time. Have a to... You can have a baby and look after a baby at sixteen, but you can't be a man until you drink a yardie. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing, and this isn't the time to talk about it too, is gender fluidity. Mm-hmm. You know, 100%, yeah. and 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 that's something really interesting, and something that's been around for ages, and something that um, I don't know. I find really interesting, really cool, and and. Yeah, absolutely, and I and I have looked into it a lot, and I've, and we could do a whole podcast on it. Well, we will. Let's do it. Let's, yeah, let's do one time. of those. Um, but and and so in saying that, when I say males are more likely to feel um, the need for status, what you would do if you have a gender fluid um, person in your environment is you go, gosh, I've noticed that they really need status around that pubertal stage. Good, whatever gender, whatever space they are, they have that. That is a natural thing to occur at that stage. More likely for males. But for anyone, and or oh, they're forming a clique, and they start to really, really, really need relationships. Well, that's fine. So, so what we know is we know these things exist. You say in this situation, this person seems to be yeah showing this. Then yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm not saying only females, only males. So yeah. knowing this stuff, you know, a lot of people come to me and go, oh, the girls are really needing to win and stuff like that. Yeah, that's that's yeah, because yeah. they are. That's the stage. So hundred percent gender fluid yeah. and. Um, wherever we sit, but no, fascinating, and and I think it is a hugely important thing to understand, because of unfortunately what's happening in in our um, LGBTQ you know yeah. environments etc. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I want to I want to talk about that. I yeah. want to know. We'll leave it. it. We'll leave it but for I've, got podcast, yeah. I've got a question. I've got I've got questions, Catherine. <laughs> so many questions. Okay, gangs, good or bad? They've got to be bad. There's nothing good in a gang, is there? <laughs> <laughs> hey, come on, mind you. I oh, know. I'll let you have your your oh, no, call it. No, oh, it's just that. Um, I know a few of the uh, a few of the bros that have been through a gang life, um, and I sh- yeah yeah what happened to you, bro? Uh, been through a gang life, and they are probably some of the biggest positive commu- uh, contributors to their local areas, communities, and societies that I know. Maybe because they've seen the tough side. Maybe I I, I don't know. For, even from perceived negative ways of behaviour, um, these guys have got some gold out of it and doing some good things. Yeah, and we, I'm, I've been to conferences and we've had speakers still in, still still affiliated with gangs and still yeah. doing good things. Um, I, I know a lot of people who aren't in gangs. <laughs> who are blinking crooks. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to think what word, what word could I use? Do you say so? I can get yeah, away yeah, with yeah, more yeah. than you. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> Um, unfortunately, when you're in a gang and there is that needing to increase your status, it is significantly more likely you will do things that are not okay, right? Yep. Because that's part of the gang journey. journey yep. Okay. But it doesn't necessarily mean 
that those people in their heart of hearts are bad people. And and there's and like you say, there are some good things coming out of it. And I don't want to say that because I know there's a lot of people out there that have, would have had harm from gangs and stuff like that. But we need to start saying, what do we need? We need connection. We need stability. We need status. We need predictability. How can we get that? And if we can provide that in our environments, we're less likely for our people to go into gangs. But I mean, I've I, I just think we are people, and and not everybody, but almost everybody, there is goodness there. And if there's no goodness there, I can promise you that is because those first years were horrific for Ooh, that person. Yeah, what happened to you? Yeah, we've never. There's nobody born bad. You, you're not born. You're born with a propensity to be more likely to, you know, yep, those sorts yep. of things. As per the, the, the warrior gene the warrior conversation gene, we just had. And lots yep. of other things. But if you have a attuned, you know, whānau environment where lots of people are around you and you feel safe and you feel connected and you feel all that sort of stuff, mm. if you are going to be a bit of a... Tear away. Tear away, that's a good <laughs> a word. A bit of a lad. Yeah, a bit of a lad. <laughs> yeah. Then you're probably going to be that anyway, even with a stable thing, but you're not going to become a really, really bad person. Do you yeah. see what I mean? That needs to be those early situations and and which combine with your um, personality. Yeah. So I'm not saying it's all bad. There are some some people who feel incre- they they were lost and gangs gave them a sense of purpose and a sense of connection and yeah. a sense of being. Um, I don't like the fact that you would then have to go and do those things to stay in there. Um, but that's the that's the good parts of gangs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny, um, I've spoken a few times at uh, prisons and probably 80% of the time I'll just open the floor up to questions and stuff, you know. Um, and 80% of the time people will say, hey, Pure, what was your childhood like? So really what they're saying is what happened to you, mm-hmm. okay? And I just, because I'm, I don't, I'm me, I just go, a lot bloody better than yours, bro. And that's quite a, you know, quite a arrogant thing to say, but it actually sits well with them. They go, chair, yeah, I thought so, I thought so. And I think about the childhood I had filled with love, filled with sport, filled with, you know, I remember buying, a, I think I may have told you this, but I bought a budgie once off my mate Mark Edmonston. I swapped him four ballpoint pens for it. I bought this budgie home, right? Good, but we called him Chirp. It was original. And my dad went outside after work and he built me this big cage for this budgie. Eh? How loving's that, eh? Well, those fellows in that prison didn't get that. Mm-hmm. They didn't get that aroha from their parents, eh? Imagine going into prison and sitting down with each of those and saying, What happened to you? Yeah. Yeah. Now that's progress. Hey. Yeah. What happened to you? And I bet you you'll hear some stories. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. Um, I had one more question here, but I forgot. Is, is there anything you want to add to this just around this? It's such, such a fascinating topic. Yeah, and, 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 and I guess if we, if we label gangs as bad people um, and we don't say what happened to you, then how are we ever going to increase the likelihood of someone who is maybe in a gang or is thinking about going into a gang not going there? Yeah. Because if we label you and put you in that space and judge you in that space, then how are you ever going to get the ability to feel connected and, and, and have relationships and feel status out of the gang? So it's about saying, who is this person? What can we do for this person? Instead of judgment and labelling and all of those sorts of things, yeah. which, by the way, then gets to the next generation and creates another, you know, environment of anger and 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 dissociation and 
you know, all of those sorts of things. So, yeah, yeah. Let's, yeah. let's see the person for who they are, not for the patch on their back. Yeah. And if they have done really bad things, then that's 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 part of who they are, you know, like in that, yeah. in that space, we get that. Yeah. But actually, who are they? Who are they? Stop seeing the patch and see the person. You know, there'll be people uh, listening to this and going, man, you guys, you know, like this, my mum, my, my pain is 200 years old and, you know, and I'm a solo mum or a solo dad and I'm struggling and I haven't put a warrant on the car. But, you know, I've seen it and I've seen it through my mucky here at the parenting place. It's not a plug, but but this is what I, I know and I do. You can make a difference. There is hope that... Um, just a change of thinking to upskill yourself, to listen, to be absorb all those positives, put yourself around good people. You can make a difference. Eh? Because a lot of kids, a lot of young people just need a big person that cares. Mm-hmm. And Papa to me, is not just about black. We were talking about your cousin, who isn't actually your cousin. But you're so <laughs> close. you know. And yeah. I've got bros who are like my cousins who are... Parker and someone and Asian, you know, and getting those people around you, like all those positive little things around you just to help keep you afloat, eh? Absolutely. And if we, we say, oh, it. you're part of a gang, so you're not welcome in this whānau, you know, like, or you're part of a gang, so then oh, I've labelled you as that person. How are we going to make a change? Yeah. And we can make a change by saying, who are you? What happened to you? Yeah. And, 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 we, can, and we can change the brain. And also I often say to people, change, change is hard. And if we get someone who maybe has been in a gang for many years and they suddenly realise that maybe they want to be a little bit different, and this is a lot of stuff that people are doing in the prisons and around in communities, and we teach that person some science and some bits and pieces, then how they are with the next generation yeah. is going to be different. And, yeah. and, and we, we won't change someone who spent their lifetime um, in red brain and angry and 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 we're not going to say right now you're going to feel beautiful and calm yeah, and everything yeah, like yeah. that. You'll be part of the lions exactly. club. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like different. that. We, we we have to know that that's not that's not likely. That's not possible. Do you know what I mean? We can get them as close as possible. Um, but what we can do is we can help them be more aware of their behaviours, aware of what they're doing. So when they nurture the next generation, they don't pass that through. And that's that's why working with Everybody, yeah, makes a difference to our community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Funny, I'm just going to finish on this. Uh, I was uh, down country, and I was doing a parenting presentation, and there was this obvious gang member by the designs on his face, sitting in the front row, and he just stared at me like death stare, you know. And I'm coming up with all this stuff, and his beautiful wahine was right next to him, sitting down, writing all these notes and stuff like that, he just sat there with his arms folded, and afterwards we have a cup of tea, right, and some milk arrowroot biscuits, this gang member would have loved this, and I went up to him, I says, Joe Brown, he goes, Joe, I says, how was that, he says, ah, oh, uh, yeah, you know, didn't really answer me, I says, oh, so you're, you're here for your kids, and he said, bro, my kids are effed, he says, I'm here for my mokos. So he was building his skills for the his mockles. Yeah, good on him. Hey, I'm with my Massive. brony mate, Catherine, and she's with me. I'm pure. And we're having a good time. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I can't wait to find out what we're going to talk about next. <laughs> Let's go work it out. Okay, kia ora. <laughs>